become very cautious now and like double and triple checking that I'm actually recording after the incident a few weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fair enough. I just don't want to be first for once. Well, you can't be first now. Oh, as in you don't want to talk first. Yeah, I liked... <laughs> did you did you go back and listen to that, Dan? I left in the part at the start where you were specifically like, all right, well, you say something, you can start. I, I know, I know. I really enjoyed that podcast. It was funny. What did you just got, talk about? Uh, football and <laughs> messy. Like movies. Yeah. yeah, the movie talk, yeah. At least with the at least with the football, Dan knows something about football. With the movies, it was both of us just like the blind leading the blind, talking about movies. What's your favorite movie of all time, Ian? My favorite movie of all time. Uh, Ten Things I Hate About You. Okay, and yep. uh, Dan. <laughs> oh, for me, it's Spinal Tap. No yeah. contest good, good, whatsoever. Good. Yeah. How about you? I've always said that it was The Matrix. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Good choice. Yeah, yeah that's fair. I do like rounders, though. I'm pretty hot on rounders. Oh, you do? Oh, sweet, man. That's so good to hear. I spent so long explaining rounders to uh, someone the other day and was, like, sending him links being like, dude... It's like four bucks to watch it online. I'm sure you can find it somewhere else too, but just watch it. He's like, looks kind of old fashioned. I'm like, yeah. That's the point. That's the whole point. Yeah. It's so good. They so perfectly mix. Yeah. Just everything. There's none of those stupid hands where someone's got to set over a, you know, Straight over a flush over a straight flush over a yeah, royal it's, flush. It's just like, the murky, muddy waters of, of poker. Yeah, And the yeah, highs exactly. and lows that come with it. Yeah, the hands that are won and lost are the exact kind of hands that you would win, win and lose in the exact kind of way that they went won and lost. That's so good. Yep. Good stuff. Very good stuff. Yeah. I always get the, the, the love interest parts of those kind of movies always irks me a bit i know they have to do it but um yeah wow the poker in that movie is super good yep you seen rounders in you heard of rounders in i've heard of it i have not seen it <laughs> a bit of homework for you mate i mean yeah that's fair i might i might have a look for it this is just another one of those times there there are definitely times with this group and with this team where i just think Wow, our lives outside of magic are quite different sometimes. Even just in things like music taste. Mm. I think we talked about this a little bit last week with the different music tastes, but it came up again on Saturday when we were at a a draft when we went and did Don't do One Horizons draft. No, well, I'm going to tell the story because it, <laughs> it embarrasses me, but also other people. So that's fine. Also, welcome to the Faction Podcast. I think I've decided that I'm going to introduce the Faction Podcast whenever the first mention of magic comes up. Good we'll idea. We'll just see. That it's, is really that, solid. It's actually not bad. Yeah. Yeah. I'm waiting for next week's introduction after 50 minutes. Correct. <laughs> anyway, so we're, we're at this draft and I've realized that I think a lot of our friends and our team Sort of, there's a there's a common rock, 
and bit of metal interest in in the music taste. I'd say. Would you, do you think that's fair? Sounds fair. Yeah. Yeah. Most for people sure. Yeah. for sure. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, I do listen to some rock, not so much metal, but I do listen to some rock. But obviously, I'm a bit younger, so I mostly a lot of the songs that other people have nostalgia for, I don't have. Although, like early 2000s or i always enjoy shane putting on 90s music which as leo pointed out is is the music he went clubbing to so it has a very particular nostalgia for him that it doesn't have for most of us (laughs) yeah it's so good though i love it every time i don't know it's it's all the same stuff i went clubbing to as well so um yeah hoodie shane and i all singing every word of every stupid i'm right there with you yeah, exactly. Early early two thousands R and B track. <laughs> I do enjoy it a lot. I do. It is a lot of fun, and the energy is infectious. <laughs> but uh, this weekend, I think myself, Kyle, and Dogan, who are three of the younger members of the team, embarrassed ourselves slightly because we're playing music. Is we're all sort of hanging out. We're there. There's, I mean, there were eight of us drafting, but then Dan and Trent, you were both also there, and Hoodie was there, not actually drafting, just sort of playing Highlander and hanging out. And so there's music going in the background and we're playing, I guess, some early 2000s rock playlist, maybe? Could be. Uh, what? At what point was that? What, what songs would it have been? We'll get to that. There was one particular song. Okay. So this so- a song comes on. I don't know. Possibly you didn't notice this, Dan. Possibly you were busy playing Magic. A song comes on and Trent, Trent's chatting to myself and Dogan and Kyle. He turns to us and he says... All right, who's who's this song by? As the song is sort of winding down, and Dogan Dogan has a guess. I don't. I don't. What did what did Dogan say? He said something. Silverchair. Yeah, he said oh. Silverchair. <laughs> <clears throat> not too bad. Not not too bad. I think we we didn't, we couldn't decide afterwards whether or not he got or lost points for a wrong guess. Whereas Kyle and I both just didn't know. We didn't even try and guess. And of course, the answer was it was Nirvana, right? It was a Nirvana song. Smells like Team Spirit by Nirvana. Yes. yes. Which <laughs> silver chair? That's golly, great. golly, gosh! Yeah. There you go. Yeah, certainly not my proudest moment. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it was a rough one. I do think those sort of moments that really encapsulate sort of the the spirit of these drafts, and it's again, it's really not about the magic. Um, I think at a lot no, of these events, it's just it's all about, about hoodie, hoodie singing "Return of the Mac." That's what it's all about. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm there for. <laughs> I really enjoyed Shane's story about Hoodie wearing sunglasses out clubbing, and the fact that none of us could tell whether, like, it, it was believable. Oh, it's definitely believable. Oh, believe there's, there, me. There's no, oh, yeah. yeah, there's no way that's not true. Like, yeah. <laughs> Sunglasses, double Giordano shirt with both collars popped. Yeah, you'd have that's, the whole that's, thing our, going. that's our boy for sure. Yeah, he'd, he'd, <laughs> and he'd, he'd have had one of those little uh, the necklace with the shell on it as well. He'd have had one of them for oh, sure. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Old Michael Hood. He is a, uh, a fine wine, acquired taste, but a lovely that's one right. once you get used to it. <laughs> Absolute props to that man. Yeah, he's a legend. Yeah, absolutely. So in the middle of that, we were actually playing Magic as well. There was a draft going on. We did a Modern Horizons draft, which 
I ended up winning with a blue-red deck. I think that deck is meant to be Delirium, and it kind of was. Uh, it sort of wasn't that hard on it, but I opened the blue-red gold uncommon, which is one of the most powerful uncommons in the set, I think. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And then blue-red was open. My draft was not super interesting. I got two of the gold commons in the first pack and sort of was very cemented into my deck. The highlight was definitely beating Shane in the final. Shane's red-black madness deck, which only had two two uncommons, I think, and no rares, but it had, like, all of the best commons. He had three of the madness terminate and three of the black creature that has madness and also is a discard outlet. The, I think it's a 4-3 for four, but madness... Hellmongrel. Three, yeah, Hellmongrel, which is very strong and just innate. Ties everything together. So my highlight was definitely beating him in the finals with the the first game I I had a I had oh I got to draw five cards with there's a five mana sorcery that draws a card for each type in your graveyard I got to draw five with that and then cast the the removal spell that you can play for free by sacking a mountain and yep. then untap and cast the a deal three damage sweeper and sort of seal up the game and in game two i got to beat him just with craps so my deck had three what's what's the common there's a single single blue makes a crab and also makes a clue token hard evidence hard evidence yes so that card obviously great defensive speed and i just played multiple of those over the first few turns to completely stymie his attacks and then eventually played this the crab anthem so it's like a two minor enchantment and you can pay one discard a card to make a crab and then if you have delirium it anthems all your crabs so i've not only have i got an army of crabs that's very much slowing down his board but then i cast the deal three to everything sweeper which Mm -hmm. like killed four of his creatures left all four of my crabs alive Mm. (laughs) that's Mm. awesome this was the same game where he cast the terminate five times and lost quite easily because three of them had to kill crabs (laughs) <laughs> sounds good that's great sounds good so that was a fun draft yeah i think uh just to touch on the draft i think you you correctly identified that you were supposed to be in blue red but i don't think you were adhering to what the actual archetype was trying to be and at the end you kind of just got over the line of saying that you were blue red delirium but i think there was a lot of picks not that i paid as much attention as i should have but there was a bunch of picks that were just like you should take the delirium card and as opposed to like not taking the delirium card, you just took like some other blue red card. Yeah, that was my favorite. I took a lot of just like not particularly synergistic blue red cards and sort of ended up with enough to be able to make delirium just sort of almost incidentally. Yeah, yeah. But I wasn't sure how hard to lean into the delirium because I didn't have that many actual payoffs for having delirium yeah i think i had that draw spell i had the crab thing and i had the storm crow that becomes the tutu mm-hmm. so i wasn't sure like there were, it didn't seem like there were particularly strong payoffs for it yeah uh i can't remember to be honest like i said i was a bit hazy because i was um assisting someone else drafting to your right but um 
yeah. Anyway, it was it was good. It was good to watch you. I didn't see obviously see the last round, but um, it's good to see you take it down. Yeah, doing the podcast per hour as always. So we had that. I think Dan, you were there playing some Highlander, right? Yeah, Trent and I had a couple of games. So I then I think we only had one game, which went for ages, and uh, then I uh, followed up with a couple of games with uh, Hoodie. That uh, was good fun. Trent had me on the ropes. Cast a Narset. He cast a uh, questing beast to uh destroy me but uh yeah now the deck ended up showing it's just insane resilience in the end and the combination of come this is the same academy deck that uh, isaac's academy deck um with the notable upgrades massive upgrades with mh2 um of brainstone and urza saga uh, just both of those cards do everything that that deck wants to be doing in such a good way um and was able to assemble the combination of Fast Bond, Crucible of Worlds, Zeran Orb, and a uh, and a Waterlogged Grove, which I could use to infinitely gain life, infinitely get mana, and infinitely play cards off the top of my deck, or basically draw the whole deck and play it out to win the game out of absolutely nowhere. When uh, when I'm facing down, I don't know how much power you had out, but it was an insane amount of power on the board, and I was just completely under attack, but was able to. Thread that needle, assemble the combo, and once you do that, it's just lights out. It's just an incredibly powerful deck, uh, and that combination is just very easy to assemble in the deck. And uh, th- that I've come to realize is what, what I was doing wrong when I was originally playing the deck and somewhat frustrated with it is that I didn't realize the insane power of Fast Bond, Crucible, and Zeranorb. And the thing with... Um, Urza Saga now is that Urza Saga will go get that Zeran Orb for you. So it's just another tutor, but it's an uncounterable tutor, which is just absolutely insane. It either goes to get goes and gets a Zeran Orb, or it goes and gets a um, Candelabra of Tornos, depending on which strategy uh, you've currently got on the board. And it provides blockers. I mean, the constructs, they're, they're not even blockers though. Like the game where I was playing against Hoodie, I had four of them out and they were all 2020s. And it's just absolutely insane like you get two of them off the the saga you get one off urza himself and um i forget how i got the fourth one. Oh, yeah just replaying saga if you flip enough if you flip enough cards playing solitaire you'll get there eventually and that's exactly what happened yep yep that's <laughs> exactly the long and short yeah. of it yeah i think what it was that i was doing wrong when i was solitaring it is i wasn't prioritizing i was i was giving um i was prioritizing the candelabra too much when i would use like artifact tutoring effects i would keep getting the candelabra without realizing that most of the time what i want to be actually getting is zirinorb zirinorb just plays a really really big role in that game and it also plays another role in that it can buy you a turn which it did against hoodie where i was just able to sack lands for life when i needed to just to stay alive to get that one more bite at it on the next turn and in any given turn, if your opponent says go, you can win the game on that turn if you, you know, if the right kind of things happen out of nowhere. I mean, I realize you can obviously do that with most decks, win the game on any given turn, but it can just really come out of nowhere. It's really cool. Yep. 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 Right. Yeah, that's awesome. Very good. Very good. Yeah, I think I walked over at one point while you were explaining to Trent, like, yes, I've drawn my entire deck now, and this is how the combo works. 
Yeah, there's a few ways to do it too. So in that in that case, it was just literally play every single permanent in the deck and then just use both keys to untap uh, Bolas' Citadel enough times to tenure to the dome. Um, but you can also, depending on their situation, just go tutor up or play Akan, go get the Microsynth Lattice Lock and do it that way too. It doesn't obviously work if you're on low life total and they've got creatures. Um, but yeah, pretty cool. Yep. On a similar note to that combo, one of the things I saw recently was a tweet from Lee McLeod, who is a he's a podcast host on the Grindcast, which is a podcast I listen to, and also a well-known combo player. He's the guy who wrote the KCI Bible a couple of years ago that was several thousand oh, words cool, on yeah. how to play KCI. And so he has similar taste in decks to me in terms of just combo weird combo decks, you know, complicated combo decks. And he said he played the Glimpse deck in modern in at a modern FNM. <laughs> I saw this tweet, yes. Yeah, yeah, which is something I'm also hoping to do eventually. I'm slowly putting that deck together. It's a very me thing. So this deck involves repeatedly casting Warp World, like, you know, four times in your combo turn or something to eventually basically put your entire deck in play. So obviously it's you'd think it'd be a nightmare to play in paper. Except that there are certain people like him and like me who just who relish in that action of executing these ridiculous combos and my favorite part about that tweet was that he said, you know, people didn't scope to him. And at one point he had to start writing down the stack because he wanted to respond to like a glimpse and flip his entire deck. And then, and he said at that point, his opponent decided he was a madman and conceded. Yeah. <laughs> it was like in the, when I was playing Trent, uh, when when that turn began where it started going off, he's like, I'm not conceding. You will play it out. I'm like, Buddy, that's music to my ears. That's all. That's all I want to do. To be to be fair, it's I asked you if you could kill me, and you said no. And I said, well, I won't. Concede. Oh no, probably not at the time. And then yeah, you realised that you could kill me. Yeah. So then, yeah. then, then I did, and that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> but yes, I pointed that tweet out to Kyle earlier today and said, you know, the point where you have to start writing things down, that's where you know it's getting good. That's like with KCI when you have to start writing down all of your floating mana. That that was where the deck was getting good. Mm. Yeah, that sounds awesome. So the other thing we've been doing recently is that the D&D set that we'd completely ignored and f- just refused to mention on the podcast was released at the end of last week. Oh, yeah. Do either of you guys play D&D, by the way? I have a few times. Yeah, I've played... I've DM'd more than I've actually played, probably, but yes. Oh, wow. Yeah, I played Pathfinder, Pathfinder 2.0. Oh, cool. I've somehow never even been in a room where someone's been playing D. Like I literally have never even seen a game of D and D in my life. That is that is absurd. It's That's actually incredible. absurd. Have you never played an F and M? I've never. No, no. Like I've seen people kind of up the front playing and stuff. Uh, yeah, really weird. And it, I would, I'm sure from talking to Mike about it a lot. Like it seems totally like I'm just like, how did I miss that? It's like right up my alley, but I just have, somehow I've never done it. Hmm. Yeah, that is strange. Yeah. 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 I think D- D&D is a great time so long as you find the right people to play with. And the yes. right people for you will depend on how you want to play. Like, for example, the way I play and all the groups I play in are very, not lax on the rules, but we're not that concerned with the details of the rules and with min-maxing or whatever. It's much more about, I guess, collaborative storytelling more than anything and creating interesting moments and like doing funny things rather than 
following what is quite a dense rulebook, frankly. Oh, yeah. Whichever version, whichever role-playing game you're playing, they're all hugely detailed. And <laughs> uh, So the set, what do you think about it? Well, I'm now eight, ten drafts in, something like that. How far in are you, Trent? Yeah, I'm I'm close to that. I'm I'm somewhere in that uh in that ballpark for sure. Yeah, I've really enjoyed it. Um I don't know uh where it sits in regards to like everything else that we've played lately, but yeah, I've really enjoyed it. Don't really uh have too much of a grasp on it just yet, but I've been doing fairly well just playing a bunch of proactive decks just like curving out with random, you know, whatever synergies there, like dungeon decks and just trying to put good... Generally, actually, I've said it a few times as we've kind of delved into new limited sets, and a lot of the time the way that I end up doing drafting and being successful in the early stages of drafts is just looking at rate, you know, like 4-mana four 4-5s and 5-mana five 5-5s five and 6-mana six 6-6s. Six and so I've really taken that similar approach to this format where it's, you know, you draft your removal highly and, you know, six mana, four, four flyers and stuff like that. And I feel in the early days, that's been pretty good. I was trying to think of what I've really liked green as the color, um, just basically. And I generally do like, like the last couple of sets we've had green's been pretty good because they've had a bunch of just reasonable rate creatures. Like we had honey mammoth and then this one we've got the six mana seven six that gains three life and you know colossipedes and stuff like that and i feel like they've just been good solid cards for the last couple of sets like i said i've had reasonable success with that so far so drafting with that in mind green's obviously been pretty good for me and i think that the red cards are actually really good too the there's a lot of deep red commons that really either play into the synergies of what red's trying to do with you know the treasures for red black or the die well the aside from red blue dice rolling i've been in red blue a few times but dice rolling hasn't really been there there's just the i think you can get the good the limited amount of good blue commons and uncommons mixed with the depth of red and you have a pretty reasonable deck but yeah green and red have really stood out to me as the two standalone colors for their depth so far which has been like I said, a lot of what I've been drafting and finding success early on in the format with. What about you, Ian? You said you're seven drafts in. Where would uh, what have you got? Have you got any uh, hidden gems? Yeah, so I'm about that seven or ten or something like that. I have had less success than you, possibly because I have definitely not been taking the higher rate or the higher not higher rate but the higher cost cards. So the 7-6 the six for 6, that sort of thing, I've had much lower and trying to draft more curve-focused decks with a lot more 2-drops. I've been taking 2-drops really highly. And I've had some success, but not a huge amount. And I really feel like I'm still getting a handle on the format, which is kind of good, to be honest, after 10 drafts to have drafted a wide array of decks. My colour spread has been fairly even. I've actually drafted every color now and i've drafted a bunch of different color combinations which has been interesting and i don't feel like i've worked out the format certainly it's taking me a lot longer to figure out this format than Caltime or strixhaven did which i think is interesting i don't know that that makes the format actually better i haven't found the format to be 
super enjoyable, I suppose. I haven't found it to be as bad as I've seen a lot of people on social media saying that it's that they're not enjoying it at all. But I certainly haven't been playing the games and thinking this is fantastic. This is this is really good. I'm really enjoying this, which is interesting. And yeah, yeah. D- dice rolls are definitely uh, frustrating. Don't love them. Don't love the dice rolling. Yeah. There's a few cards in particular where the difference between... So, obviously, getting high rolled and having the 20 rolled against you feels horrific in most scenarios, right? Most of the 20s are quite pushed. Mm. But even just the fact that for a, there's quite a number of cards where the difference between the 1 to 9 and 10 to 19 is significant, and that's quite frustrating. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, I definitely agree. The dice rolling is a little bit... Uh little bit egregious just yeah there's already enough of a random element in magic i can understand why they've done it obviously it's a dnd inspired set like you know everything's about rolling you can't take an action in dnd without rolling a bloody dice so it makes perfect sense flavor wise but i think from a competitive standpoint uh i'm not sure if it hit the mark i'm not sure if it could ever hit the yep. mark but um you can't take away the fact that you know, we all know as magic players that the bottom line isn't the uh, isn't the competitive magic players that that hoist the rest up. No, absolutely not. The one saving grace is that I haven't and don't plan to draft this in paper, so I haven't had to roll a d twenty. It's just all automated. So you know, small things. Um, look, look, I'm sure you will. I'm, I'm absolutely positive that there will come a time in the near future that you will be drafting with these cards. We'll see about that. I think I think for our weekend drafts, we have many more boxes of Modern Horizons 2 to draft, which I will happily keep drafting. And so I guess I'll just see whether I'm drafting an FNM or something. But you know, if I'm an FNM, I could I could be playing Warp World in Modern. So. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, that's fair. <laughs> we'll see, but I think you're right. I probably will end up drafting it in paper at some point, and I'm really not looking forward to the fiddliness of having to repeatedly roll a d20. Yeah, sure. Look, I I totally agree with that. D20s are especially bad to roll because, like, more sides means they roll more, so they're so much easier to like roll off the table or have slightly cocked or you know. There's nothing. There's nothing worse than when people like you sit down to your opponent, you say odds are even, they go high roll, and then. You're just like, oh, fuck. So, you you know, and then they pull out a D20 as opposed to a six-sided dice. And then, because there's so many sides, it just rolls off the table or it takes forever. And you're just <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. and imagine exactly. like, you know, you're in, a, you're in a pot of eight, all sitting next to each other playing your matches. And then you have to roll a D20. It rolls onto the, the match next to you. And you've got to like <laughs> touch their cards and go over there. It's just like, you can already imagine that that shit, you just don't need that. Like, you just, yeah, yeah. just not, uh, yeah. Anyway. I have um, a pair I, of stories. Go ahead, go ahead. I have a pair of stories about rolling to see who goes first from the draft this weekend. I'm not sure if either of you caught these. So the first one is Shane. Shane versus Dogen. And Dogen rolls and Shane calls odds and Dogen rolls and he rolls an 18. And Shane confidently goes, I'll play. To Dogen's bewilderment and confusion. You can see the moment in his eyes where he's like, wait, this is an 18, right? Like, now Shane swears he thought it was a 13 based on the light. But I think it's much funnier for Shane to just be trying to, like, grift Dogen in round two yes. of a friendly weekend draft. <laughs> in so, his own house, no less. <laughs> yeah. so, I don't know, adding on to this story, I don't know if you guys have ever met Sahar or played against Sahar. Mm. But I have, yes. Yeah, so you would understand, like, the five words that come out of his mouth. He's like, 
Odds or evens, I'll play first. Dice roll's not even done. It's just yeah. odds or evens, I'll play first. He's yeah, done that yeah. ever since I'm ever since I've known him. Yeah. Yes. So good. Yes, I have had that. And the other one I really enjoyed was Leo and Leo and Elliot playing. And this is so this is the same round on the other side of me, which is how I got to witness both of these. And so they roll and and Elliot wins the roll and he says, you know, I'll play first. And then something happened. One of them went to go get a drink or something and they came back. They sit back down and Leo goes, okay, cool. Land, one drop, your go. And Elliot, and Elliot pauses for a second and goes, wait, <laughs> didn't I win the roll? What kind of shark games are we playing? And again, you know, Leo's claiming, oh, you know, there was some minutes in between, I forgot or whatever. But it's much funnier for Leo to just be like. Love it, love it, love it. So, yes. Not looking forward to rolling dice in paper for this set, but overall the set's been okay. It's got me to put Arena back on my phone. Also in preparation for potentially having to go back into the office for work and mm. spending time on trains. I'll be drafting on the way in and the way back out, I'm sure. I, I must say, I, I'm not, I've said it a few times, I'm not one to be big on art, but some of this artwork is just wicked. So cool. Like, they've just, you know... They're just on the right path when it comes to this the artwork for these cards. They're just every one of them is just beautiful. Like they're just sensational looking pieces of artwork, and a lot yeah. of them. Um, like I've played Dandy a couple of times. Um, not so much in my later years, but in my earlier years when I was in Bendigo, and so I can understand a few of the, you know, the the um, what do they call it? Like a boat the. Uh, you know, the cross, well, obviously it's all crossovers, but I can understand a few of them. And, um, you know, when yeah. you're like 14 or 15, you get the description of what something is and then, you know, here it is on a magic card 15 years later and that's that's really cool. I, I really like that. Yeah, they've done a great job with this set, I must say, just outside of, obviously, the, um, the dice rolling. No, I agree. Mm-hmm. I think the flavor of the set's really cool. I'm, look, I'll be honest, I'm just, I'm, well... I'm not glad there's no competitive events, but I am glad that I'm not, you know, losing a win in for top eight because my opponent rolled a 15 and not a nine. <laughs> yeah, mm. I mean, especially when you've already mulliganed to six and you th- or mulliganed to five on the play and you think that RNG's already kicked you in the guts twice. Yeah, yeah. I do think on the topic of art, though, magic art in general is very good and, and has been for a while. And I say that just because I've just got a... Strixhaven draft deck in front of me that I've just sort of been thumbing through as we do this from, I don't know, some draft gone by. And even just looking, this is, you know, basically just a random pile of cards, random pile of draft commons and uncommons. And there's like multiple really cool pieces of artwork in here. And it's something that I think we don't look at that much. I know I certainly don't take the time to look at artwork very much. Mm. Yeah, I don't either. Like I've never been one to... I've always been one to appreciate, you know, the or the older cards, the finer, the 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 finer wines of of magic. But when it comes to the artwork, I'm, when I'm playing the card, I don't care at all. Yeah. But like I said, I, I must say that this set is, uh, and all the other sets have just been absolutely beautiful. What's yeah. the What's the worst artwork you think, Ian? Off the top of your head, what's the card that comes to your mind? It's a tough question on the spot. I'm, I'm going to be you know, frank about it, because I can't think of one. I can't think of one that's really bad. I don't think the 
bad ones stick with me that much. Dan, do you have an answer? For the worst what of all time, the worst the wor- um, Just that you think is the worst. Oh, I mean, probably, arguably, the, the objectively worst one is, uh, uh, what is it, Word of Command? Which is just the <laughs> is, is just that your is that your scribble? display yeah. photo? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> black screw with two little yeah. slits for her eyes. Love there, it. Love it. Which apparently was uh yeah, it was a they either lost the artwork or something happened at the last second. They were like, quick, someone draw something and one of the designers like just drew that. A bit like not artist designers, like card designers. Like someone just drew it. That's so uh, funny. And they were like, that That's sounds hilarious. Fun. Actually, so I have I have a couple answers. I am not a fan of the harmonise and the faithless looting from the Strixhaven archive, which I know were a bit controversial recently. Mm-hmm. I'm not really a fan of those styles. The other one, which I think was also a bit controversial, which I've just remembered, is the promo serum visions. Yep, yep, with the big, the big face. Oh yeah, that was so bad. Was yeah, that that's shocking. Yeah, yeah, that's really bad. Which, which I like, is not inherently a bad piece of art. It's just a, not a great concept, I think. Yeah, true, true. I think the the thing that works for me with magic art is that, like, I never uh, is is actually that I don't think about it too much. But there's lots mm-hmm. of other card games I see where I'm like, oh, that is shocking art. Like, either really cartoony or or highly, highly rendered and just really stands out and, and takes over the whole card. Whereas I think with Magic, for the most part, I love all the, like any, all the landscapes and lands and stuff I usually really, really like. Yeah, basic lands tend to be beautiful. I also think on that point, Magic's done a really good job of having consistent artwork for each set. Like if you, you laid out all the pieces of artwork from a set, they look like they belong together, even though they're done by, you know, a dozen different artists much more than that probably for each set they look like they belong together and i think that's really cool yes they're very good at capturing the artwork like the artwork from the plane that they're yeah putting on cards like yeah um the perfect example is here like i've got on my screen i've got uh sheshra 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 death's whisper which is the blue green legendary creature from the new set green black green black sorry yeah uh, it's a female female human elf warlock, and it is just it captures encapsulates what, in my opinion, like a human elf warlock would be in Dungeons and Dragons. You know, just hands down, you you couldn't you couldn't do it better. And then you can go back to another card like uh, Selfless Glyphoid or something or Deadly Vanity from Strixhaven, and that's got its own its own artwork with the ink and the shields and yeah it's all very yeah very, uh, i think they do a, they're a master class on what they do these days i think it's very cool that going back to that green black legend you could take another card especially in green or black from the same set and they basically whatever card you pick it looks like they belong together they look like they're from the same set they're at, if not the same style they're at least similar enough that they seem like they're on the same plane which i think is really cool Mm. My favorite, uh, my favorite of all time, <laughs> and man, if you guys don't know this card, you got to look this up. This is the artwork. To me, if Magic was all like this, this would be so sick. It's called Sorrow's Path. It's a land. Ah, yes. I discovered yes, it yes, only yes. recently when. Um, so to describe the art, if for anyone who hasn't seen it, it's so there's kind of like there seems to be like a battle at a bridge. There's like a a kind of uh, a wooden draw but not not a drawbridge but like a, a wooden kind of 
Uh, Your classic rickety <laughs> wooden bridge, right? Yeah, rickety old, yeah, bet- that kind of goes over the top of a chasm. On one side, there's a big red dragon. On the other side, there's a giant. There's like warriors in the middle with spears fighting on the bridge. And then in front of that, inexplicably, there's like a wizard in this awesome robe who's casting some kind of spell on what I can only describe as like a stone monkey. It's just amazing. It's just amazing. (laughs) And as well, if you don't know the card, so where we found this or where I first saw it was we were cubing one night and then somebody linked to a Reddit post where people were they were sharing the worst cubes of all time. And this person had made a cube where they put all of the worst cards, the the most just horribly unplayable cards Mm. in magic into a cube. And this is a land that says, tap it, choose two target blocking creatures and opponent controls. If each of those creatures could block all creatures, the, that the other is blocking, remove both of them from combat each one then blocks all creatures the other was blocking. So I want to stop you there, Dan, right? At this point, no minor ability, weird ability, right? Yeah. But like, probably like an okay card. It's weird. It's annoying that it doesn't have for mana. It's very wordy yeah. and strange, but like not the worst card ever. And then you get to the bottom. Whenever Sorrow's Path becomes tapped, it deals two damage to you and each creature you control. That's it. <laughs> Just crazy. But... It's on the reserve list, so get your copies now because they can only oh, go up. Oh, no. Is it really? I was just thinking that. I was like, man, I've got to go get one of these. Dude, oh, the, the red dragon looks like a beast. Yeah, like, I he's know. all like, pointy and crook. Yeah, it's so sick. So, on the version I'm looking at, the dragon is much more orangey, and it looks like, especially because the version I'm looking at is smaller than the one Trent's got on the screen, and it looks like a derpy Charizard. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, there seems to be two versions of this artwork, actually. One seems to be really desaturated and the other's... Mm. Much, yeah, yeah, much more colour-filled, yeah. Yeah, it's from the dark, oh. so it is on the reserved list. Also, Trent, I just want you to know, you should be glad that our lockdown ended because when we were discussing this, we were talking about inviting you to... This is when we were cubing online, inviting you to the cube next week and not telling you what the cube was and then just basically waiting to see your reaction when you open the first pack. Just... <laughs> that's right. Oh, I would have loved it. That would have been awesome. Oh, uh, that's right. No, 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 but the rest of us were going to be saying stuff like, oh, man, Soul Ring, wow. Oh, I, I got this, and you're, like, looking at Sorrow's Path and a bunch of other trash. Yeah, well, maybe not then. <laughs> if you're lo- using you that client, oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm off it. Yeah, that's fair. Oh, the old cockatrice. Cock- no, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I must admit, Possibly art discussion is not the best thing ever for our audio-only podcast. I used to be more into art, though. I remember I used to go through and I would look through the full spoiler when it got published. And I'm looking at, you know, every card, partly for constructed or whatever. But I also used to take the time to actually like, look at every art piece and like read flavor text. And so then I'm not looking at all when we play the game, but I did actually used to make an effort to go through and look at all this stuff, which I haven't done in a while now. Yeah, funnily enough, when I was just sitting here, I've got a couple of cards in front of me that um, that are actually going to Alex, and one of them's a sketch, Ignoble Hierarch, and I didn't realise that, I don't know how the hell I missed this the whole time, but the flavour text on them is the art direction. So it says, mm-hmm. intention, do a mirror image of the Noble Hierarch card, only this time with a goblin. Oh, on the like sketch. That, that's so cool. Yeah, it literally says that ah, on the sketch on the sketch cards. Didn't know that. It's really cool. 
Yeah. That is cool. I like that a lot. That is a super sweet little touch. They are really cool. On the yeah. topic of, this is not quite art. This is, uh, I guess, a gripe I have. Have any of you seen the new, well, Trent, you definitely have because you drafted, but the new basic lands from the D&D set? Yes. Mm-hmm. Hate it. Yeah, I hate I it. I know so where you're have, going. They have like a paragraph of flavor text over the bottom where normally it would just be like the big mana symbol. And instead there's there's a paragraph of flavor text on each of them. And I hate them so much. And in Arena, they're the default basics it gives you after every draft. And it's kind of annoying to change them. And like that artwork's really cool. We're looking at the island now and the planes. I actually think the artwork on most of them is really cool. But they're so ruined by like this block of text. Just give me the just give me the skull in the swamp. Oh, the teardrop on the island. And I know we, don't you think at this point there's so many of that? Like that with lands, it feels like they've just gone. I mean, everything's been done. Like you can pretty much play with any type of land you want at this it's point. True. But, new, it's true. but new players are playing with this island. Or more the point, I'm playing with them on arena. Yeah, but what's I don't understand. What's actually wrong with it? Is it is it is it that the text looks ugly, or or is it the stuff that it says like not cool? I'm not sure. I just. I'm not. Maybe maybe we are very boomer, but maybe I, I just are. feel like we don't need it. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I just think that I really like the simplicity of basic lands, even if they're not full art. I just really like how clean they look and that they don't have text on them. Huh. I don't know. I'm just looking at them now, and I, I don't know. They remind me of like old computer games that I used to play, like all those text-based computer games, which would be like you're doing this or. Which is kind of like those cards, like you come across a river or whatever it's called. That I love that stuff because your imagination yep. then is like, ooh, what happens at the river? So you know what part of it is? I think the problem is at first glance they look too similar to the the rare creature lands that are in this format as well. Yep, because it's <laughs> a giant true. power. Because your brain doesn't immediately like click that it's italic. I think, especially on arena yes. where it's kind of bold, um, it doesn't immediately click, especially when. So it's easier to figure out flavor text on a card that has rules text as well, right? Because the italic is actually more obvious when you have a comparison. Mm. But when it's just italics, I think for me, I don't immediately click that it's flavor text and I go to start reading it thinking like, what is this land with like a paragraph of text on it? And it's like, oh no, it's just a basic. Yeah, I could see that being a bit annoying. Yeah. But like, how cool is this? I'm I'm just thinking now, I think this is actually really cool. A swamp... As you trudge through the sewers of Boulder's Gate, it dawns on you, where are all the rats? That's so cool. I do <laughs> I think the flavor text is cool. It's, yeah, I don't know. It's <laughs> not for me, but again, like we said with the, the no art basic lands, for me at least, it's like, well, so long as it's for someone, it doesn't have to be for me. And that's kind of the joy of magic. As you say, you can play with any type of basics of course, you yeah, want exactly. now. Um, I just wish Arena had a way to set your default basics so I didn't have to keep using them. Yeah, well, you can sit there and read, read, read yourself a little story while they're rolling D20s on you, I guess. That's yeah. the thing. Speaking of using whatever lands you like, I know uh, like a couple months ago we talked about how I ordered 4th edition basics. And so this weekend at our draft, I finally got to use them for the first time. How was it? Was it everything that you dreamed of? It was great. It was actually really yeah, nice. Cool. I, they looked really nice, dude. They looked really nice. Um, so I bought 4th edition like whiteboarded basics for drafts and yeah they look really nice and there is definitely a, a degree of joy that i got from just playing these cards which i think is great mm. you, you're a whiteboarded draft man aren't you trent with your lands yeah i think there's you two now yep yep, yep. 
I've had my revised ones for a long time. Yeah, Jeff from Preston. He's another whiteboarder draft dude. I think Nathan also. Oh, yeah. Yep. No, Bronson okay. has whiteboard as well. Because I know, yeah, Trent and a little bit Nath, but mostly Trent were kind of the people who inspired me to end up with these. Yeah, the first couple of times I drafted, I would bring lands, but I just yeah, grab whatever's out of the box. I don't even, I used to like match them and stuff, but so lazy now i just pull them out of the box yeah that's uh, like that's totally valid i think for me it's like it only means it means bringing like one extra deck box and i just i actually do get joy out of playing these lands that i've picked and that match and that i think look really nice so yeah that's super cool yeah i used to use actually so back from my first started playing i used to use forest that i absolutely loved from dark ascension dark ascension or industry they're the purple ones Okay. Uh, that was Innistrad, I believe. Yes, it is. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, it was Innistrad, and these well, I absolutely loved these for the longest time. And I, the, but the problem with them is because I thought I actually own a lot of these. I own like twenty of them or something. It looks like a swamp. It does look. So, so yes. So firstly, yeah. yes, it does look like a swamp, which is. <laughs> Slightly problematic, but I really yeah. like them. My problem with them always was I couldn't find nice lands that I loved as much with the same border. Oh yeah, yep, yep, sure. So sure. I've I've stopped using them now. Also, the the Avacyn restored forests are also all beautiful, but that doesn't help me. Avacyn restored really. I love that set. The draft format. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed it. Oh, I because I've heard a lot of people say it's like yep, one of the worst draft formats of all time. Oh yeah, yep. <laughs> what about it? Did you what? What made it so good for you then? Because it's, it's they're all saying that because they played against Trent. <laughs> what did you enjoy so much about the format or the set in general? I guess I can't really. I haven't drafted. Shit, I haven't drafted in bloody years. Um, I think it was around a time where I started seeing a little bit of success in standard, like constructed. I was trying to definitely hone in and become a lot more of a yep. like a high table player so i knew my limited was really bad so i think i just spent a lot of time like and i also got to know murdo a lot with it um it's actually interesting because i was playing like the the four three two two leagues a lot and then was doing okay in them and then did an, an eight four and i remember this uh i can't remember exactly what it was but i was playing for the final and there was a really tricky spot where there was soul bind where my opponent had like a six mana six four with soul bind that gave trample to something else and and i had to just block in a specific way and then use pill pill from reality which is like a four mana instant return a card a creature you control and they control at that at a point between two mana is it yeah sorry two mana at a point between like uh, first strike and trample and then be able to crack back and kill them. And I like, I ended up winning it. So that was like my first eight, like my first eight, four. And, and I got the, got the win. Like my uh, housemate there, yeah. we were both like pumped cause we played really well. And I think I've just got a lot of good memories. Like we were traveling to, we were traveling to Melbourne to play in the $500 and the thousand dollar cash events every weekend mm-hmm. and, and doing well in them. So yeah, I think the set just brings along with it a lot of good, uh, a lot of good memories. I remember Miss Raven being the best nice. common by a lot. I've too. just googled Avison Restored Draft and uh, <laughs> it brings brings up a Reddit post. 
Is Ixalan the worst draft set since Everson restored? <laughs> See, I, well, depending, I didn't. I liked Ixalan as well. Oh, maybe it's just, maybe there's something some similarities. I mean, they were both very creature centric. Play to play to the board. Don't be tricky. Mm, yeah, they weren't overly complex, and I think that a lot of a lot of the time those are those. Um, those sets they don't they don't stand up against the goats but they, they can't they don't have the you know they're two color sets that they, they they can't they they just they don't have the strings to be pulled to enable their um their depth so they get boring very quickly they get sort they get solved very quickly and they get tired very quickly yeah this seems to say the the uh it just comes down to a lack of playables it seems is the uh yes and the cards were pretty bad in Avison restored too which I have made like I've died on that hill. I love sets that have bad cards. I, I love lower power sets. Yeah, that's cool. And and maybe that you know if you're paying attention and and trying your best and stuff, uh, maybe in those kind of sets where you can find the 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 few things that do work well uh, over the guy next to you, that's how you get ahead. Yeah, that's it. That's where those sets punish the person who isn't drafting correctly and reward the yeah. person who is. It's about reading signals and where you are in the draft. And and I think that that's what I always enjoy most about draft. Like, it doesn't really matter um, whether you 3-0 the draft or what. That's always nice. But it's, you know, it's whether you end up with the best deck or made the most correct decisions in the draft that give you the most percentage towards that 3-0. That's the most important part, and that, and like you said, when the lack of play, playables are there, it it it's weighted so much more on you making the right decision. For sure, I think part of the interest with nominally bad formats or formats with limited playables is that they're really interesting so long as everyone else at the table knows that and is on an even playing field. Because draft is self-correcting, right? So as long as everyone is aware of that and has that same knowledge, it's kind of interesting. And the problem comes as soon as you're at FNM and one person just doesn't know that, you know, this color is unplayable or like the the format is radically different and it's just less interesting, I think. Yeah. I mean, to take it back to what I said we when we spoke about um, the Forgotten Realms, my initial thing is to pick the five mana five fives and the six mana six sixes because I know that yep. they're just generally going to be solid against everyone else trying the new cards that I don't really rate or value just yet and yep. that always leads me to have a reasonable result leading into these formats because the baseline is just higher yeah that seems good mm -hmm. i like that a lot yeah on the topic of art and also a little bit of uh paper some of the the cards that i really like the art of and i think it's been really interesting over the past couple of years is the japanese alternate arts we had this for war of the spark and then we've also had it for strixhaven archive yeah yep that's i right. really like some of these arts my only concern is with some of them and especially the strixhaven archives where a lot of them are eternal playable now is how the hell am i going to know which card it is yeah you just legitimately you pretty much <laughs> unless you really want to understand them all i mean i guess you know if you play with them enough you'd, you'd learn them but you just pretty much have to believe what the person's telling you unless yeah, there's something it's... at stake in which case you'd look it up so i want to actually play a game with you and carl and i played this game a little bit the other week i think and we were rubbish at it so i'm gonna i'm gonna show you some artwork i'm gonna show you a card and 
I want both of you to try it and see if you know, you have any idea what card it is. And I will tell you what the options are. So this first Where are you going to show me the, where are you showing us this? Uh, in the Discord. I'll put it in the Discord. Man, I'm such an old man on Discord. What do I do? I'm an old man in general. <laughs> you can edit this out. <laughs> oh my god! I'll put it in. Uh, I'll put it in the messenger chat. <laughs> that card is Path to Exile. Wait, I cannot see anything. Go to General, <laughs> and he's gone. <laughs> Just leaves the channel. <laughs> it's because we have two chats. We have we have a text chat called General, so and funny. also a voice chat called General. That's I don't know if you know. Oh, I did that back. earlier as well. <laughs> oh, I see. That was a joke. That's real funny, Trent. Real funny. I, I oh didn't God. do anything. I, I literally didn't do anything. You said go to General Chat. No, no, no. General Chat. Click on the chat. Click on the text one, not the actual fucking mean, voice fucking, channel. What's the text one? Oh, this one right up. No, I'm not going to click on yeah, anything click else because I'm going to leave click again. It. All right, click here it. I go. Oh, sweet. Okay, great. <laughs> <laughs> that, how is that logical that the one right up the top, 10 things above, is where the chat... I don't know, but there. I seem to have got it all right. Yeah, you did. All right, that's on me. Uh, so, you said that's Path to Exile? Yeah. Um... So, so this this card. So the options are: this is a white instant. I'll, I'll t- even tell you it's instant. You can't even tell from this. There are four white instants in the archive: mm-hmm. God's Willing, Ephemerate, Swords to Plowshares, and Defiant Strike. So oh, Path Exile is not an option. <laughs> so you, you're wrong right off the bat. I just went with the reminder text because I didn't think that Swords would have. Remi- I suppose probably all these bloody cards have reminder text, right? Uh, reminder text? Like, where's, I can't, like, so. Which bit's the reminder text? I I would say the second paragraph. Oh, Uh, that could also be, but that could be, um, I mean, well, that's a second paragraph then. I think that's, that's flavor text, isn't it? Because it's slightly smaller. No, it's got a, it's, it's got the things that envelop, I don't know what they're called. Oh, yeah, no, you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It does have, it does have parentheses. You're right. Is that ephemerate because it's got that? Yes. So that is ephemerate. Yes. Yes. Yeah, yes. Because it has, you're right, that's the reminder text for rebound. TC gets the ephemerate. There you go. God, TC gets art, it. I mean, that artwork is insane. Those, yeah, that whole it's beautiful, cycle right? of cards is right. just off the What's charts. What's the next like, one? It's so classy. All right. Here's, here is the next one. Oh, like, look at that compared to the serum visions above it. In this yeah, chat. it's god awful. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. So this is the next one. So it is. Not ephemerate. So this is either God's Willing, Defiant Strike, or Defiant Strike. Swords That's Defiant Strike. Defiant Strike. That is Defiant Strike. That one actually is. Yeah, that that one tells the story. Yeah. Yeah, that art actually looks a bit like. I think that's super cool art as well. Though. Man, yeah, that is super cool. What the hell? I haven't really paid much attention to these. I've never wow, seen it, to good. be honest. Yeah. Yeah, I've not seen that many of them. This one. What do we think? So we're down to God's Willing or Swords to Plowshares? Oh, it's God's Willing because I, I know what Swords to Plowshares looks like, so it's definitely God's Willing. Trent, what do you think? I think it's Swords to Plowshares. Oh, all right. So I lied. That one's monetized. I didn't even Oh, there you go. <laughs> that guy looks like he's just been monetized as well. <laughs> he does, actually. Well, see, I was saying Swords because he's just like holding up his hand and he's getting, you know, blown away by something. Oh, no, man. Share the Swords looks one. Like, the swords um, one is Amazing. All right, so what do we think this one is? Uh, that's God's Willing. Yeah, that's correct. That one's God's Willing. I actually, looking at the swords one, I actually do recognize the swords artwork. Exactly, yeah. It must have been shared a lot more. You do. This one, this one is, is also that. super nice. 
Yeah. So those are all a bit different and most of them won't see play. But, for example, Brainstorm and Opt both have cards. And again, same mana cost. So it's difficult to tell which one's which. Mm. Uh, what were the others? So there were five. There's five white instants, right? For black, we have Duress, Dark Ritual, and Inquisition of Kozilek, and Village Rites. Jesus. Which... They're all the same card. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, this one, for example... I feel like this one, to me, it's clearly one of the two. So that's Duress? Yes. Yeah, that is Duress. I do know that one. So that's Duress. I think that's quite cool. That reminds me of, like, something out of the ring. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This one? This one's quite obvious what it is. Looking at the rules text. Oh, Dark Ritual, of course, yeah. Oh, yeah, right. I was thinking about the the red arm. That's actually sick. That's my favorite so far. That looks yeah. awesome. Every single one of these is amazing. I mean, yes, not to say that, yeah, not to say that none of them are, but that's my favorite so far. Yeah. Uh, what do we think that one is? We're down to Inquisition or Village Rights? That's Inquisition. That's got to be Inquisition. Yeah, 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 yeah. The big guys, the big, the big guys, Kozilek, right? Oh yeah, sure. Yeah, I can see that. Man, that's so cool. And then the last one we'll do is red one drops. So we have claim the firstborn. Faithless Looting, Lightning Bolt, Infuriate, and Shock. I love that we got Bolt and Shock, personally. Yeah. Just look for the three or the two in the text. Well, so, fun fact about these, actually, Kyle and I realised, they don't, rather than saying any target, they say, like, pick one. So you see the numeral one a bunch of times, which is very confusing. Oh, is that right? Yeah. So, like, this is the first one. Oh, that's definitely oh claimed the firstborn. That's that horrific. Is so <laughs> sick. That artwork is amazing. <laughs> yeah, it is. Wow. But, yeah, you can see the one in the rules text. Rather than saying, like, target creature, it says, like, one. Because I assume I don't speak Japanese, but I speak some amount of Mandarin and I can read a bit of Chinese. And Chinese would be the same. Yeah. It's okay. like you can't have target. You have to, like, have one target, essentially. Huh, yeah, cool. And yeah, that art's super cool for claiming the first one. It's like so clearly. Like even right down to the set symbol being like a stamp that's like kind of stamped there on the right and it goes yeah, over the text Yeah, how cool box. is that? That is just yeah. everything, you know, and the the, the, the main kind of uh, title box goes downwards and everything. Like it's- Yeah, oh. they're beautiful. Just I, home yeah. run, yeah, in every conceivable way. That's faithless looting. Yeah, of course. Well, of course it's Faithless because it's the same as the... It's so similar to the other one, the really controversial Faithless Looting. Well, it's, it's cool because it, it's it's cool because the artwork is like one cup holding it up with the fire and then the other one tipping yep. out the leftovers or whatever. So, it's it's pretty she, emblematic yeah. of Faithless Looting. She looks like she's weighing up. Yeah, it's very cool. But which one came first then? Because that is very similar to the controversial Faithless Looting, like... Someone standing there with one hand pouring a thing in fire in the other. I know I know which one I'd rather use. Oh, no doubt. That's amazing. Well, they came out at the same time, but 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 the reason the other one's controversial, I think, is because it has like a it like has a photograph of a person with like It's actually not a photograph, it is a painting. Um, is it? It's a very realistic painting. Yeah, it's a realistic wow. painting. Yeah. 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 I seen yep. the uh I seen the um the original post for that. That's inf- this one's infuriate for sure. Probably because it says yep. plus three plus two on it. Yeah. How cool is that art? Though? That's <laughs> such a cool art for infuriate. Yeah. Yeah. It yeah. looks like something. Yeah. Yeah. It's sick. It's so cool. And then these last two will be easy if you obviously if you look at the rules text because we're down to shock <laughs> and lightning bolt. Yeah. 
I think this is really great doing like a massive gallery of visual art yeah, on a podcast fantastic. where no one can Love see <laughs> the screen that we're looking at. The Infuriate reminds me of a, of an anime I watched when I was like way younger called Alpha Lead. Oh, yeah? Yeah, it looks really good. Good nice. anime? Ah, fantastic. I haven't watched it in years, but yeah, really, really good. Well, and then we we won't do the green, but there are three green like one drops. There's Abundant Harvest, Adventurous Impulse, which are very similar cards, mm. firstly, and also Snakeskin Veil. Did they only do one drops, or was there like a bunch? No, like... no, no. There's a bunch, but the others don't there's overlap so on mana yeah. Is this where I remember in War of the Spark they had like the Japanese Nar set? Is this along the same yeah. lines as that? Yeah, I think. So. Well, what do you mean? You mean had like they had certain anime artists, like the Liliana, like the super expensive Liliana and stuff. Yeah, I just I just remember faint, um, vaguely one of my friends collecting. We used to call it the Weeb Narset. Yeah, they no. This is not really the same. In that I think that was just a few choice planeswalkers that they had. They brought in certain very very popular apparently. Or that was no? every planeswalker in War of the Spark. Had a Japanese version. Just most of them aren't very popular because the plans oh, aren't very popular. That is sure, true, actually. Okay. All the uncommons did have an alternative as well as the rares. Yeah, you're right. I mean, Narset's an uncommon, right? Yes, yes. No, you're correct. I'm just putting in more really cool arts, like the Time Warp, which is now banned, but that's actually the English version. I think that's a super cool piece is of that, artwork. Is that Divine Gambit? It is. Yeah, it is, because that, that, they decided that's my favorite. Yeah. Wow. that card needed a uh, promo printing. That thing was terrifying. Yeah, I know. A little bit. Man, I just looked up the... Uh, I was just going to say that, that Liliana that I was just talking about then. I just looked up on Card yeah, Kingdom. Yeah, $4,800. $4,000? Like non-foil? No, no, the foil Liliana Dreadhorde General, which Jeez. is outside of EDH completely unplayable. $4,800. So you want to trade a workshop and, and, and several jewel lands for one? Wow. Yep, for an unplayable oh. Liliana. Jeez, that is so. What much. was the white coming? Actually, it's not unplayable. It's actually pretty sweet in EDH, but yeah. What was the white Kamigawa dragon called? I've got all the others. I can't remember. Yosei. Yosei, thank you. Yeah, this one looks like Yosei. It does look like Yosei. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it does look like Yosei. I think that's really cool. That's the divine gambit. Mm. Really cool. Uh, that's a lightning helix, mm. which is very cool. It's done almost entirely in white and red, yeah, that with like dope. a little bit of blue, but very limited color palette. Yeah, so I think these arts are really cool. Um, the first time someone plays one against me in paper, in modern, I'm going to be like, I have no idea what that card is. Yeah. But, Similar to like the metal posters, though, like that Assassin's Trophy. that what, people Those play. ones are in English. They just don't look like magic Oh, sure. Cards. Yeah, true, true, true. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, I think the faction has a ban on non-English cards in our proxy events for faction champs. So I won't get the joy of playing any of these. Is that right? I did not know that. Uh, I no, 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 so. no, no, that can't be right. <laughs> I hope it's not right because my Tolarian Academy is no, like only for proxies. For <laughs> oh, proxies, for proxies sure, sure. because because okay. otherwise, I mean, Kyle and I are known for proxying all of the like ridiculous, you know, metal secret layers and the the Amonkhet unreadable things. And stuff. I'm also known for okay, proxying yeah, yeah. things. Very quite cool. famous, actually. You, yes, quite. Yes. What's your yes. most famous proxy? Um. <laughs> Not sure. I played Fetid Pools as a sunken ruin. Oh, nice. And uh, it was just 
fed it just wrote fetid pools on a sh- on a sharpie on the back of cardboard <laughs> and played it as a sunken yeah. room because that's what I meant yeah. to play. And nice. um, the mental note was a really good one. Actually, really enjoyed mental note. Once again, wrote mental note on the back of a magic card and used it as mental note. Very good. Yeah, people didn't seem to like that, but I also didn't seem to care. So <laughs> <laughs> this is Dan. You might not have. You might. I suppose you've only been to. You've been to two faction like of the big events and played in one. So you might have missed this. No, I think I've been this, to three. But yes, this have you? Oh, I'm not a very memorable person, but yeah, <laughs> I went to um the well the most recent one. I've been to two invitationals and one championship, or whatever you call it. My apologies. My apologies. No problem. That's fine. <laughs> That's all right. Wow, I'm so sorry. Um, anyway, so possibly you've missed the ongoing drama between the, the organisers of these tournaments and Trent over what is an acceptable proxy. Yeah. No, I have not seen any of that. That's pretty... Uh, you just read the card and you know you know what the card is. It's not hard. So long as you haven't left anything off. I discovered when we were playing Highlander on Saturday and I was used, I borrowed Swanee's deck for a game or two against you between rounds, Dan. Yeah. And he one of his he has a proxy for Turak, which is like a hand drawn, and it's actually quite cool. I enjoy that he's kind of hand drawn the art. But yes. he left off that it has protection from white. I was like, this this is irrelevant <laughs> in this matchup, but that's kind of an important keyword. <laughs> that's great. Yeah. Swanee, get on it, fix it. Yeah, I, 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 I uh self admittedly complete dog shit when it comes to drawing anything. Or literally writing with a pen as I haven't used a pen since, well, actually, outside of writing deck selection, deck deck list, uh, deck list down, <laughs> yeah, yeah. and I've even copped the whooping from that. I remember, good story. Uh, similar times around um, Avison restored. Uh, actually, probably a year after that, when Ravnica was uh, Ravnica, the first Ravnica, no, second Ravnica, not City of Guilds. Um, what was the second Ravnica called? Second, like Return Return to Ravnica, Maze, yeah, and Gatecrash. And I was playing, like, blue white controller, Esper controller, or something. And I was doing all right. And then I got a deck check. And then uh, I can't remember. The judge pulled me over and just like, Can you read me off this? I'm like, Yes, one Aetherling. And he said, One Aetherling. That looks like a four to me. I said, well, no, it's a. I said, no, it's a one. Why would I play four eighthling? Like, and he's like, that that's not. That doesn't matter. You can play up to four. I see that as four. And I said, okay, well, it's a one because I put down sixty cards in the deck, and there's one eighthling in the deck. He said, well, actually, there's sixty-one cards here, <laughs> and I got the number wrong on something else. So I'd registered oh, no. sixty-one and. 60 cards in my deck, it's 61, so I got a game loss for that. But yeah, the four Aetherling thing, and I'm like, oh, I can't write. Like, I'm notoriously <laughs> bad when it comes to that kind of stuff. I don't care enough for it, so I've copped my fines yeah. from game losses and Magic Judges in my time. Oh, my God. Oh, this man. Is, this is why now you can submit your deck list online. And yeah, but I don't do that. It'll add it up for you and, like, everything. Yeah, I don't, I don't do that either. <laughs> Ask anyone who's ever gone to a tournament. Oh. I will. I will hand submit my deck list and I will write it out on the day with a coffee at the table. Oh God. That was going to be my next question. Yeah, was it you the person writing your deck list during the judgment during the player meeting? No, no, it's done before then. It's always done before then. I'm a little more diligent than that, but not 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 much. 
That just made me miss GPs. <laughs> now I'm sad. Thanks, Trent. They're coming back. They're coming back. You know what else made me miss GPs? Was this weekend... I suppose we should mention this, actually. So this weekend was a Flesh and Blood, Blood tournament. Oh, which, amazing. you know, yep. if you want to learn more about that, go back and listen to the episode we did with Jono talking about it. I, I'll be honest, I don't know anything else about it apart from that. I've never played a game. But they had essentially a PTQ this weekend which was originally meant to be a GP equivalent and then COVID uh, happened and it ended up being a PTQ. It was still about yeah. 70 players and our own. So Chiz lost playing for top eight is my understanding and Gibbo made top eight, which was fantastic. Yeah, that's um, awesome. Well done, Gibbo. And as always, a couple other people went and scrubbed out early and then got to have food, which is kind of, you know, part of the appeal of these large events anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Quick aside, quick aside on Gibbo, like, uh, everybody who knows him or has played against him in a competitive setting knows that he is quite good at uh, the game called Magic the Gathering, and I think it's transferred yes. uh, pretty handily into Flesh and Blood. And I know mm-hmm. that he did quite a bit of uh, testing and you know just practicing by himself and and with the shufflers online, and it was awesome to see him win a feature match that I had no idea what was going on, but. Yeah, Gibbo took it down, made the top eight, got the top eight photo, and I got to speak to him that night, and he said that he was very proud of how he played. So that's all you want to hear. That's awesome. 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 And I loved having – we had Jono there giving us updates in our team chat, and that was fantastic. Like, it's been so long since we had that, and just that feeling of, you know, even though I'm not there, having someone to root on as they're playing was great. Yeah. And I, yep. I, I miss GPs and even just PBTQs. I know. Again, you look at the pictures um, that Jono was posting at the event and it's like, oh, man. That was a much nicer event than any GP or PB, PBTQ yeah, I ever played. Tell me also. about it. Like, yeah, it, like that nice hotel carpet. Nice yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> I was like, no GP I went well, to ever had carpet. Dude, the top eight photos, the nuts. Like, that's the dream. Yeah. yeah. For sure. That, and that's what I that's what I said to you at the end. I said, look, you're top eight, you know, it's basically a win minus variance. You know, like yeah. it's if you just keep top eighting, you you'll hit the nail eventually. Like you can only miss so many times. You're doing you must be doing you're doing things better than ninety five percent of everyone else, so just keep doing it and yeah, I think he'll uh he'll be an absolute terror on that scene. So sorry yeah, everybody else great. trying to win flesh and blood tournaments. <laughs> Watch out for He's coming for you. All right. Well, that'll wrap us up for tonight. So congrats again and well done to Gibbo on that great finish. And as Trent says, we look forward to seeing where you go and we're sure you will, you'll get there. We're sure. Thank you for listening to the Faction Podcast this week for our, our impromptu art episode. Uh, hopefully you've got Scryfall or something open to follow along. I hope you're just incredibly bored listening yeah. to this <laughs> or you're not here because you left 40 minutes ago when we started talking about land art and <laughs> describing cards that you couldn't see for half an hour yeah i really so that mini game kyle and i came up with that game it works a lot better on a video podcast i'd have thought so but it was fun to do so you know there's that so thank you for listening we'll be back next week bye kyle <laughs> <laughs>